This is the Thank You 72 podcast brought to you by the Wisconsin Alumni Association. This podcast salutes outstanding Badgers from every one of Wisconsin's 72 counties. Here's your host, Todd Pritchard. Thank you, Jefferson County, for Meinhard Robbie. University of Wisconsin-Madison, class of 1937. Many of you are probably asking, who's Meinhard Robbie? Chances are you've seen the Watertown Natives performance in one of the greatest films in cinema history. The Wizard of Oz premiered 80 years ago. It was test marketed in Kenosha and Oconomowoc on August 11th and 12th, 1939, opening nationwide on August 25th, 1939. We'll take a deeper dive into the movie in just a few minutes. But first, more about Meinhard Robbie. He was the munchkin coroner who pronounced the Wicked Witch of the East dead, crushed by Dorothy's house, which flew out of a Kansas sky and landed in the middle of Munchkinland. As coroner, I must have her. I thoroughly examined her. And she's not only merely dead, she's really most sincerely dead. But to start and stop the story of Robbie's life with the Wizard of Oz would be a crime, because really, he led a fascinating and unique life. Born on September 2, 1915, he was homeschooled as a young child, and he spoke fluent German thanks to his immigrant grandparents. Robbie didn't think there were any other little people like him until 1933. That's when he visited Chicago's Century of Progress World's Fair and discovered he was not alone. An exhibit at the fair which would seem shocking to us today, was called Midget Village. It was filled with other little people. He took a summer job at the village the next year and several summer fairs after that across the country. He told a reporter for the Watertown Daily Times, I earned enough money to pay my board and room at the college, and that's more than I could have done if I had stayed home. After graduating from the University of Wisconsin with a bachelor's degree in accounting, he was turned down for job after job because of his size. During one job interview, he was told he should just join a carnival sideshow. Robbie was eventually hired by the Oscar Mayer Company as a spokesperson and salesman. He played the role of Little Oscar, the world's smallest chef. He traveled the country and the company's first Wienermobile for 30 years. Robbie took a leave of absence from Oscar Mayer to audition for the Wizard of Oz role. After making the film, Robbie returned to Oscar Mayer. He helped develop canned sausages which came just in time as the Army needed a product to help feed American soldiers in the field during World War II. Robbie was also a pilot and a ground instructor for other pilots. He tried to join the military, but was designated as 4F because of his size. However, he did his part. He joined the Civil Air Patrol in Upper Michigan, flying search and rescue missions in place of the Coast Guard, which was involved in the war effort. In 1946, he married Marie Hartline, who was also a little person. They met on one of Robbie's Wienermobile tours through Ohio. They were together for 50 years until her death in a car accident in 1997, which Robbie was also injured. Robbie would publish an autobiography, Memories of a Munchkin, an illustrated walk down the yellow brick road. Robbie donated millions of dollars earned from his book and his career to the Bethel Lutheran communities in Watertown, which support people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. He passed away in 2010, the last surviving cast member with any dialogue in the film. He was 94. 
happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow. Why, oh, why can't I? You're listening to the Thank You 72 podcast, brought to you by the Wisconsin Alumni Association. Once again, here's your host, Todd Fritchard. I'm joined now by Rob Thomas. He's the film critic with the Cap Times here in Madison. And Rob, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Todd. You know, it's amazing to me that after 80 years, we're still talking about, we're still enjoying The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, The Munchkins, The Wicked Witch of the West, Scarecrow, Tin Man, Lion, all the different characters. Why? What makes this movie so special? Well, I think, I mean, you have to look at the impact it had at the time it came out. I mean, for many people, this was the first time they saw color in the movies, and they saw it in a big way, of course, when Dorothy goes to Oz. I mean, a lot of people never forget that. Um, And then it became uh, a hit on television. It became this annual tradition as much as, you know, the Macy's Parade or something like that, where you know, families got together every year to see it without fail and grew up together. Um, and it's a different time now, obviously, with Netflix and stuff. And it's not the, the same, but I think it still, you know, has that same magic and wonder. And it's still, um, you know, is this wonderful movie about childhood. And, and I read Roger Ebert's review and he had mentioned that, like, this is the movie where a child figures out that the adults around her don't really know what they're talking about necessarily. And every child goes through that, right? So it's a very universal theme, ultimately. You know, you bring up a really good point that, uh, especially with the film, it, you know, it, it had success when it came out, but it really seemed to kind of gain steam when it hit television, right. right? And a lot of us remember, obviously, seeing the film on television for the first time. And and uh, and and then, kind of, as we got older, resharing that that moment, that memory with our kids, and so it became sort of generational, almost. Right, you almost pass it down to your kids. I mean, and it, it's hard to think now, but the idea of showing movies on television was not a sure proposition back in 1956 when it started. They they weren't sure that would work, um, and I think it, I read that, you know. Danny Kaye would like host it in a way that screening or Dick Van Dyke, I think would host it a few years. So it was really an event on television. And um, I think of it like the Charlie Brown Christmas special was another thing like that, where like you watched it, you know, your kids, your parents showed it to you, you watched it and then your kids, you showed it to them when it was their turn and stuff. It was really this thing that you, that was passed down and was just as powerful and, and fun for each generation. Just as a funny aside, when I was researching The Wizard of Oz and the playing of the movie on television, the movie would be shown on different networks every year, and it had different sponsors every year. And one of the sponsors uh, was Dunkin' Donuts. And guess what product they launched during that showing? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know. What was it? Munchkins. Oh, of course. The right. little donuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> so they use that. So that's where Munchkins come from. That I was is like, hilarious. I never thought of that. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Like I always wonder, why do they call these little donuts Munchkins? Right. It was because of the Wizard of Oz. Very smart marketing for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty smart yeah, marketing. Yeah. So let's go back to Meinhardt Robbie. You know, he was uh, with the other Munchkin stars. He took a train from California, and they prepared to begin shooting the film in November 1938. First, I guess they needed to cast the performers. So Robbie always 
told reporters that he was chosen to be the coroner because, because he could enunciate his words. And so they began shooting on the soundstage, uh, soundstage 27 in Metro Golden Mare about a month after that. We're going to play a clip here of an interview with Robbie where he describes walking in on the Munchkinland set for the first time. Well, the blue Miley blew your mind because coming as a farm boy from Wisconsin to see all this color and this beauty was just, well, it was out of this world. I think the color and the beauty of that film is still mind-blowing. And, and we talked about that a few minutes ago where, you know, Almost every film up to that point had been in black and white. So uh, they used um, Technicolor really for the first time effectively in that movie. It had been used for some other films, but um, not to the extent that it was used in The Wizard of Oz. And, and it required a tremendous amount of lighting. Robbie once said that they used 150 39-inch wide arc lights on the Munchkinland set. So not only was it super bright, arc lights are basically, you know, you know, heat generators, right? So he would say the temperature would rise on that set about, uh, you know, to 100 degrees in just a few minutes. So it, it just seems like, uh, you know, it, it was an amazing process and we got this great film. It was very difficult to go through that and, and actually get those pictures and that, that magic on film. Well, there's so many stories about behind the scenes about the troubles they had. I think I counted in total, they had probably five different directors. I mean, uh, you know, I think it was, it was Thorpe sort of the main one, I think, but also George Cooker. He had to leave to go on Do Gone with the Wind. George Cooker had to do this, then go on Gone with the Wind. I mean, and, and um, there are all these stories about how, like, well, Buddy Epson was supposed to be the first Tin Man, right? And right. He had allergic reaction to the aluminum powder they put on his skin. Well, and he almost died. Well, yeah, it was I mean, serious. It yeah. was very serious, right? It wasn't just like, oh, you know, I ate some shellfish. A skin and rash. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah, he, in fact, um, he was in the hospital and the executives at MGM didn't believe it until they walked in the room and they were like, oh my gosh, he's almost dead. Wow. I mean, it was, right, it was really scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that, like, he was. They started principal shooting. He had recorded the Tin Man song, right? And like it was, it they were down the road before they had before they changed the that yellow up. brick road. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they just couldn't quite get the like they couldn't really make him look like a Tin Man. So that's when they used that that super heavy duty whatever it was right. paint or and he, and then he had the reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, I would. I don't think they've ever released that footage of him as the Tin Man. I, they've and I, there may be some still photos or something out there, but they, if they have it, they've kept it locked up in the archives. Right. There's a few still photos. I don't believe I've ever seen uh, the 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 film. There is somewhere out there some audio of him actually singing oh. the, the, the song. Oh, neat. Yeah, um, but it kind of got locked up and, and thrown into the archives. Right. But yeah. but yeah, a lot of challenges with this with, with getting this film put together. Yeah, I mean, what you can imagine, obviously, is it was such a technical achievement for its time. I mean, it's such an unusual film. I mean, I, you can't think of anything like it before, certainly. And like you say, they were, you know, color was a big part of it. And they were putting that front and center with the ruby slippers and the yellow brick road and the Emerald City. I mean, you know, it was uh, it was quite a production. And and um, and it and it's it's still kind of a miracle that it came off as well as it did. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. They had a lot of different directors. I think Victor Fleming was one of the directors. Yep. Right. And he ended up 
getting pulled off. Did he do Gone with the Wind? I think he did, right? I think that's right, yeah. So, um, yeah, so you're right. They had a lot of different challenges, a lot of different things uh, going on with that movie. And, of course, it was the perfect vehicle for a 16-year-old Judy Garland who, um, you know, the, uh, to, a, to a person, the, the, the actors who played the Munchkins said that she treated them with tremendous respect, treated them as equals. Uh, I'd like to play another clip from um, UW alumni uh, and uh, Munchkin actor uh, Meinhard Robbie talking about Judy Garland. My most treasured possession is a personally autographed picture from Judy in which she says, to Meinhard, a perfect coroner and person to love from Judy. The film opened up nationwide on August 25th, 1939. And if you really think about it, 1939 was this watershed year for, for motion pictures. The Academy Awards uh, nominations for that year read like the 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 lineup of the you know twenty of the best movies ever made of all time right so along with the Wizard of Oz there was Mr Smith goes to Washington with Jimmy Stewart uh, Ninotchka with Greta Garbo uh, Stagecoach which was the first big film success for John Wayne Wuthering Heights with Laurence Olivier Gunga Din with Cary Grant and of course the winner for that year was the epic Gone with the Wind. Hard to compete against. That's a tough year to be. That's a tough year. <laughs> to try and win, yeah. That's a tough. That's a tough lineup, yeah. And and of course, Gone with the Wind was such a, um, you know, an epic uh, movie to make, and then story that kind of captured the imagination of the country. So yeah, there was a lot of clutter, I guess, or a lot of uh, amazing creative um, um, filmmaking out there that that. Wizard of Oz film had to try to try to get through. Right, exactly. And, then, and yet you see from that list just how different it was from, you know, everything that was being made at that time. I mean, it really is a film for all ages. It seemed to me like films were either for adults or there were serials for the kids and stuff like that. And here's a film that really bridged the gap in a way that I think, uh, you know, foresaw a lot of like what Disney would do and a lot of a lot of uh, children's film children's films quote unquote we see today which uh, you know uh, adults blubber at Toy Story just as much as the kids do right or maybe a lot more and so you see films that are really made for all ages and the, and that the, the the entire family can enjoy and maybe in different ways Rob 80 years from now do you think people will still be watching Meinhard Robbie play the corner and Will we still be talking about The Wizard of Oz? I think so. I mean, I think it's one of the great works of literature and of cinema, for sure. And, and you know, it, we don't have those annual viewings on television anymore where the whole family watches it. And and I don't think it plays in theaters as much as it used to. Once in a while it does, you know. I, I saw a sing-along version once, which was a lot of fun. Um but I think it it is still such a singular achievement, and and even though we're used to color film, and we're and even though it's eighty years old, it it just has this timeless quality, uh, and great music, and and great characters, and and I think it still will, you know, people will still be going down the yellow brick road for a long time to come. Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. 
Rob Thomas hosts classic movie chats at Marcus Point Cinema in Madison. For more information, visit madison.com. Thanks for listening to the Thank You 72 podcast, stories of amazing badgers from the Wisconsin Alumni Association. For more podcasts, visit thankyou72.org. That's thankyou72.org.